Hi everyone, welcome back to another amazing episode of Breaking Barriers Now. I am so just grateful that that's all I can say right now. I'm truly grateful at just the amazing people that have been able to come on here. And today, my guest is definitely going to top the charts, <laughs> I already know, <laughs> because just in talking with her and seeing what she's already doing, like, oh my goodness, I can't wait. So my guest today is Tasha Wilson, and she's up in Maryland in the United States, and she has a story that she's going to kind of tell us a little bit about today of how she kind of got through her trauma, and now she's able to help other women heal through theirs. So can you guys... Can you guys tell there's going to be a lot of alignment here? <laughs> Tasha, thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate your time. I appreciate your willingness to come on here and, you know, just tell your story. I think that this is going to be the best way that we can help more people is just by sharing our own stories and allowing other people that might not be able to find their voice just yet, letting them know that, hey, you're not alone. And there's other people that have had to walk this walk. So thanks again for being here. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much for the opportunity. Um, I love it. I love everything that your podcast represents. And I love just being able to be a reinforcing voice for others who may be at a moment where they feel stuck. So I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, let's get into a little bit of the backstory because we all have that backstory, right? Yes. <laughs> so I'd love for you to just kind of go into, you know, maybe some a little bit of your upbringing if you can and and just kind of take us through a little bit of how you went from where you started to where you are now, if you don't mind. Sure. Uh, so I grew up on the eastern shore of Maryland, uh, Talbot County, to be exact, with my mom, my dad, my older brother. Um, and to be quite honest, I was a child who was very reserved, very quiet, always played it safe. Um, and, you know, I, I say that because it eventually showed up as an adult um, of always playing it safe. Mm -hmm. And so for me, um, you know, having an older brother, he was just kind of like my protector, like from the very beginning. So I didn't have to say much. He would say things mm -hmm. for me, um, you know, and it was just one of those things where he knew how to get us out of trouble if we were, you know, doing things children That's should awesome. do. <laughs> so um, like him and I have always been very extremely close. Um, mm -hmm. We sometimes have this vibe where people would say we operate like twins, like we know if something's wrong with the other or if one's feeling sick, it's just always that way. Um, yeah. We always have to make sure that we communicate with each other, um, even now. And so uh, I would say things seemed pretty, you know, content, uh, you know, for us until the age of 16. Um, when I turned 16, my father had suddenly passed away from a work-related incident. Mm -hmm. And so for us as a family, it was something that was so major. Like it showed up on the front page of the paper. Uh, news reporters were trying to come to the house. Like just oh imagine a lifetime movie scene and you see a detective coming with the cars and you just already know what's happening. And right. so for us, that was a monumental moment because we just didn't know what to do. Um, 
So for my mom, that was her high school sweetheart. Um, so everything she experienced life with was with him. Uh, my brother, of course, you know, he's looking at my dad because my brother is 21 at the time. So it's just kind of like, all right, he's learning how to enter into manhood. And then for me, I'm just at the uh, unconventional age of 16, where I'm still trying to figure out who I am. What do I want out of life? Do I have a voice? How do I find it? You know, those kind of things. And so dealing with all of that transition at one time was a lot. Um, for me, I actually heard the sound of the explosion, but I didn't know what it was. Um, I just heard this loud boom and I'm like, okay, you know, not knowing that was the moment um, that my dad took his last breath. And so that followed me um, as I finished high school and started preparing for college. Um, I actually became diagnosed with PTSD because of it, because uh, the lingering sound reminded me of everything in sight. So thunderstorms just didn't work well. Right. <laughs> um, it was just the flashback, a trigger of the explosion. Um, always being anxious, dealing with um, separation anxiety it was really hard. Yeah. Um, and so for me, not knowing the language for that at that age, it was just kind of like, this is what they're noticing. Um, right. You know, like I always have to hear my mom's voice to make sure she's okay because in my mind, I didn't have that closure with my dad. Um, right. You know, it was kind of like he left early in the morning before I got up to go to school. And then it was kind of like, well, I forget her voice if something happens to her, because that was the thought that I was having with my dad. So um, wow. after that, I said, I'm just going to go to college, even though I was getting good grades. Um, that was the reason why I initially went to college. I wanted mm -hmm. to not be known as the girl who lost her father in the explosion. And so I'm like, I need to go somewhere where no one's not going to really know me or my story. Right. Um, <laughs> I didn't want anyone to kind of judge me um, based on it because I had Isn't to that interesting how we do that at that age. I, I definitely can relate to that. Where like I went yeah. to college, I went somewhere new because I was like, nobody's going to know what, mm -hmm. you know, the backstory if I go over here. But we <laughs> right. know. We know, right? We know. <laughs> It's in the back of so our mind. Um, I just want to ask you real quick because I was thinking about this. Uh, what was your What was your dad's What was he doing? Like, what did he Where was he working at the time? Yeah, so he worked at this place, and it's interesting. It's called Orion Safety Products. It, that okay. was the name of the place. It's no longer in existence, and mm -hmm. he actually was covering a shift for one of his colleagues. Um, and the colleague went on vacation. And so uh, during that time span, because my dad was like the most experienced, they were like, hey, why don't you fill in for this person and doing this? And so this actually was the last day that we that he would have had to cover that shit. Oh, wow. um, I remember the night before he was just like, I'm glad this is the last day. I'm ready to go back to my normalcy of, mm -hmm. of my routine and then for this to happen. And so uh, wow. the machine was actually faulty. Um, the machine, it was one of those things where, you know how you kind of put a Band-Aid on something and then you just mm -hmm. expect it to get mm -hmm. back to its natural state. Mm -hmm. Oh yes. It was one of those like, oh, okay, well, if we do this, it'll be fine. But not knowing that after a while, the wear and tear that eventually it was going to bust. And so that's wow. what happened. Um, he was the only person in the room. And so mm. he was the only person that was the the fatal one wow. there. So, so and, you, you get through that, you get through high school, mm -hmm. which I can't <laughs> even imagine. Um, 
So where did you go to college? So I went to the uh, University of Maryland Eastern Shore. Um, okay. And that was a college that uh, it was mentioned, you know, in, in high school, but not really. It was one of those because mm-hmm. it was kind of like to itself a little bit. So even though it was on the Eastern Shore, a lot of people didn't kind of really go there. And so for me, it was like a way to hide. <laughs> I was just so going like, to ask okay, that. Is that why you yeah. went there? Yes. Yeah, it was a way to hide, you know? And so I'm like, all right, a lot of people aren't really going to come here. Like typically they would go to like Salisbury University, which is like down mm-hmm. the street, but people would kind of forget about the value of essence of, you know, UMES for short is what we called it. And so mm-hmm. thought I was doing well hiding. Um, and then at the age of 18, I was sexually assaulted. Imagine that. Mm. <laughs> so I just got chills like, when you said that. Um, yeah. Perpetuated trauma, you know, not resolving what I brought in with me and then now being faced with that. So yeah. I can definitely it was that. that moment um, yeah. where depression creeped in. Um, at that point, I really hated everything about myself. I didn't like what I looked like. I placed blame for everything that happened. Um, Every mirror that existed in my apartment was torn down. I just couldn't even identify who I was anymore. Mm -hmm. And so I just hit a really low place where I'm like, okay, when I find a glimmer or an ounce of any type of happiness, I'm now hit with pain. And so for me, I thought that I was just damaged goods. I'm like, okay, at this point, is there even anything for me to be optimistic about? Because when yeah. I try to do something new, something else happens. Mm-hmm. And so for a while, um, I carried that weight of guilt, resentment, and everything else. Like on the outside, people thought, you know, I had yeah. it together. <laughs> on the outside, people thought, oh, she's excelling in these areas and all that. But in the inside, I was hurting, yeah. like really hurting. Um, I allowed myself to be in bed in relationships because I didn't think that I deserved anything better. Mm-hmm. Um, there were job opportunities that I initially was interested in, but then I felt like I didn't have anything to give or offer. And then ultimately, I didn't think that I deserved love because I didn't love mm-hmm. myself. So, Ooh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Wow. So, so how long did you go through all that? Because that it just gets worse and worse, you guys. If you're out there listening, oh, yes. like, I can definitely <laughs> attest to and. If anybody's been kind of following my journey, these are that pain does not just go away. You just carry it and then you accumulate more baggage and more baggage and more baggage. And like like Tasha and I were talking about before we got on here and started recording, it's like, you know, we just she said, you put it in a different room. I said, Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You just put it in a different room. You think you're running, you think you're going somewhere new. Oh, no one's gonna know anything. But you know. Yeah. <laughs> so how long of a journey was that for you? Oh, goodness. Um, The age of 30 is when I had my aha moment. Um, I had actually got out of a secret (laughs) relationship, you know, and that's another thing about pain and trauma. When you carry Mm -hmm. the baggage, you do things that you always say you would never do. Yeah. And so... So I was in a a secret relationship for three years and Mm. um, 
it was then in that moment, it really made me feel uncomfortable. Um, it's different when you feel like you can control whether you want to be hidden or not. But when somebody yes. else dictates that, it becomes a problem. Right. <laughs> so I'm just like started asking, but what is it about me that you're um, embarrassed by, right? Because at this point, he was aware of my sexual assault. So, you know, I'm kind of like, is this the reason why you don't want anyone to know that you're with me? And it was just always mm-hmm. this back and forth, back and forth. But even in that relationship, I knew that I needed to walk away. It wasn't until um, I had to see everything coming ahead. It was kind of like, you're subjecting yourself or you're modifying yourself to make this other person happy, but you're yet still suffering in silence. Mm-hmm. You know, and so for me, it got to the point once we broke up, we broke up like a couple months before I even turned 30. And I said, I'm tired. I'm just exhausted of doing the same thing. I'm tired of changing people, but yet getting the same result. Tired of, you know, feeling the same way. And I just want something different. And so that's when I realized, you know, I had my come to Jesus moment <laughs> and I'm yes. talking to God and I'm like, <laughs> okay, um, I'm just at this point in my life that I'm just tired of running from you. I'm tired yeah. of running from myself. It's to the point where I don't have anywhere else to turn. Um, yeah. And, you know, God just said one thing um, to me, which was trust me. And if you trust me, surrender. And so... Yeah, that was my pivotal moment. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. I can definitely relate to that too. I ended up on the floor, like yeah, I that's how left, you know, yeah, in my apartment, <laughs> like not at church, right? Like no, nope. and that's why you know people talk about it, and and I you know you see it, and yes, I've gone up to the front in church too, but mm-hmm. that that moment was inside of my apartment. No one was there except me exactly. and God. Yes. And, and that's how it was for me. It was yeah. my apartment. I lost it. I fell out on the floor and I was just like, you know, something so simple, but yet profound at the same time, because it had to start with the root. And for me, it yes. was that abandonment issue that I had when my dad left. Yeah. I felt like I was robbed of Mm -hmm. that relationship i'm like i'm hitting all these milestones and he's not here and god is like but i am you know and it's like and that's how i was you know my dad left when i was three and i was Mm -hmm. the same way and my mom remarried but she remarried to someone who you know beat her he just was not Mm -hmm. a good person in our Mm -hmm. lives and and i so i dealt with that abandonment as well and you know so if anybody's out there listening if you're dealing with that please know you're not alone and please Mm -hmm. ask for help because yes, that's, you know, so what, what made you get up the courage to finally begin the journey of healing? Because I know personally, that is not an easy journey to start. Oh, my <laughs> so gosh. So what made no. you finally say, you know what, uh, you know, did you ask for help? Did you go seek help? Like, how did that look for you? So for me, um, I became open um, and transparent. So I asked my best friend about everything like she knew bits and pieces of course that's my best friend but Mm -hmm. once I just kind of laid everything out for her it made sense it was kind of like okay and then she told me she said you know once you've acknowledged what's going on then now you can be placed or positioned where you're now held accountable for what's going to happen after that 
And so yeah. when she said that, it hit home because it's that's like, a good best friend. Kind of, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. I don't know her, but we we got to meet too. <laughs> yes, yes. And she sounds pretty wise. <laughs> she she is like when people see us, they you know see one, you see the other, and yeah, you know people awesome. look at that. They look at the outside and they kind of like mm-hmm. oh, you guys, but I'm like, no, we've been in the mud with each other too, you know, and yes. um. I appreciate her saying that because, you know, sometimes we can acknowledge something and then we just kind of go on about our day. Yeah. But for that accountability piece, it made me realize I actually have to deal with it. So yes. I put it out here on the table. Now, what am I going to do with it? Yeah. Right. And so um, I, I went to a support group, um, mm-hmm. especially with the sexual trauma to, yes. to unpack and navigate that. Um, and for me, it was an awakening moment because for the first time ever, I didn't feel like I was by myself. Um, and that everything I felt with that was normal. Um, and so that made me not feel like, okay, there's something wrong with me. Um, you know, just giving me the space and the grace to really talk about my experience really helped, you know, not Mm -hmm. someone trying to force you to speak up on things you're not ready about, but really being patient um, with me is what really helped me say, okay, I can, I can get through this. I can deal with this. And, um, but I initially got to the support group, you know, I wasn't talking at all. I just started journaling. So I put a lot of my mm-hmm. thoughts, you know, on paper. That's and, I, I still do that. <laughs> oh yeah. I love journals. Um, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and you know, it's just so freeing for me because you feel unrestricted. Like when you write mm-hmm. down everything and you don't have to worry about opinions or, mm-hmm. you know, feedback, you can just say, this is where I'm at right now. I'm owning where I am right now. And then when you see the growth that comes out of it as you continue to journal. So that really helped me. And then when other people started talking about their experience, um, of course, for me, um, with dealing with the loss of my dad and the loss of the the relationships, like even though they were dead in relationship, I still grieve them because Mm -hmm. that's all I knew. My gosh, Um, I just talked about that not too long ago. It's interesting that you said that. I I actually just told someone, I think it was last week. No, it was the woman that I ended up spending six hours with over the weekend, actually. I told you about before we started recording on here. But that's one of the things I told her is even friendships when when like you know that doesn't work out or you know we have to go our separate ways or I have to grieve it like it's a death yeah you do so it's interesting that you just said that but I never (laughs) knew that so I would always try to cling and that's that abandonment thing right Mm -hmm. where it's like no don't leave don't leave but that probably wasn't a good person in your life anyway no yeah yeah Yeah. interesting that you just said that (laughs) yeah so learning how to be by myself um relearning who I am. Um, and so for me, that meant that my relationship with God had to become stronger. So when I was dealing with the pain, dealing with the trauma, you know, entertaining people I had no business being with, mm-hmm. God was on the back burner. Um, and I didn't realize that I was placing God on the back burner. And so right. I came at a point in my life where I realized everything that I was doing was trying to fill a void that only he could fill. And so let's, let's not mess over that. I hope (laughs) everybody heard that. I hope everybody heard that because that right there is how we end up in depression. It's how we Mm -hmm. end up stressed out. It's how we end up not operating in our purpose. And unfortunately it's what leads to a lot of suicide. 
It does. It does. Because mm. you feel empty. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That void. Uh, yeah, because he's there at one o'clock in the morning, 5 a.m., you know. <laughs> exactly. I was, like, I was like, this is the one person I can count on at any time of the day. Why have yeah. I not done this sooner? <laughs> exactly. Is that like, my oh, you were just waiting on me. Okay. <laughs> I was just waiting you know I've always been here just waiting you know I was waiting for you to be ready yes, you know and yeah. and so that that was the thing and so I was like I'm ready and I was just like I have to deal with this um if I don't face me or deal with me I'm gonna spend the remainder of my 30 years you know dealing with the same thing and right. I got tired of it and so yeah. I wanted something new because you know how everyone says 30s is the new 20s and all of that kind of stuff for me yeah. it really felt that way because I was entering in a new dimension of mm -hmm. remembering who Tasha always has been um outside of these painful experiences yeah. and so really getting back to you know well who does God say I am um you know why were these experiences necessary what am I supposed to do with these experiences? Like asking all of these questions. So it really became an introspective moment mm -hmm. for me. Um, I started becoming intentional with uh, reminding myself that boundaries are okay. It's it's not a bad Ooh, word. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah. And, and really recognizing that when I place a boundary, I'm now honoring who I am and my worth. And so. Yes. I had to really get out of that because, you know, once you subject yourself to trauma, you can enter into people pleasing a lot. And mm -hmm. so I had to have a blog that. about that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I, had to I, am, that. I, I tell people, I say, I'm an addict. I'm a people pleasing addict. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. I will yeah. pour in. I, and I habitually would pour into people mm -hmm. and not fill back up. And so I would yes. just pour, 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 pour until I couldn't pour anymore. Mm -hmm. And I was in my 40s when I got my mm -hmm. lightning. So, you know, the fact that you started in your 30s, that's amazing. You know? Yeah, I, I'm grateful because um, a lot of people look at me now and they're just like, kudos to you because, and I said, I think because I was just hit with things so heavy so early that. I was drained and I was exhausted and I just couldn't take it anymore. I didn't have the capacity anymore. Right. And so it was time for me to shift. And so, you know, once I said, okay, I'm going to be intentional about loving me, the same love I give to other people, the same way I pour <laughs> into other people, yes. I need to give myself that I'm deserving of that too. Yes. And so, you know, um, aside from the support group, I also was dealing with a grief counselor to really unpack those things and mm -hmm. really get to the root of why the sound of the explosion was still haunting me present day and really yeah. talk about those things. And, you know, for her, she said, because that was the moment your body responded to you no longer having that safe place your dad was your covering right. and so when that happened your mind automatically knew that something was different right. and so that was the response and so it brought me back to okay with me going to church and and really getting into my word and understanding that <clears throat> even though he was my dad I placed so much responsibility on him as my dad that I thought that 
he was the end all be all. And for me, I had to understand that even though the death was such a huge loss, it was a monumental moment for me to awaken and arise the leader in me because I relied heavily on him. You know, it was kind of like, oh, I don't have to worry about anything. My dad will take care of it. But it was the moment of that is where I also found me. So I lost him, but I found in the middle of it. Mm. Yeah. Wow. That's powerful. That is powerful. (laughs) Well, let's talk about Tasha today. Because I looked at your website. (laughs) You guys (laughs) definitely go look at her website. You can tell, tell everybody where to go to find you. Yeah, so... You can find me at www.lifewithtashaw.com. Um, I promise you, it'll make you feel like home. Um, one thing about me. It is nice. <laughs> I liked it. I was like, ooh, I might have to, I might have to steal some of it. No, <laughs> I'm just yeah. Hey, go no, for it. You know? It is beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I'm just the type of person that I want, whenever you visit my website, it'll give you a piece of who I am. And I am a person that has never met a stranger. It's like I can have a conversation with anyone and I walk away with a new friend. Um, I am the person that I find value in everyone. You know, I want everyone to feel seen. I want everyone to feel heard. And so that's kind of what you get when you go to my website. So Natasha today is someone who is a champion. She's an overcomer. Um, She is someone who really loves the power of her voice and she owns and embraces who she is unapologetically. Um, I love that I am someone who is very empathetic. Um, I used to shun away from that, but I love that I can feel. (laughs) I didn't like to feel either. It it took me a long time (laughs) to embrace that. (laughs) Yeah. Because sometimes, and I, so you just said that, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I wanted to just kind of, you know, a lot of people don't understand what being an empath is. They it's don't. difficult. <laughs> it is difficult because <laughs> that's why we have to learn how to fill back up. Because mm-hmm. as an empath, we feel other people's pain and mm-hmm. they don't even have to say anything. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so we have to learn how to release that. Mm-hmm. And yes, if we don't learn how to release that, that's when we, you know, it can cause some issues and that's when we shun away from it. Right. Because we're mm-hmm. like, I, I can't deal with that. It's hard enough to deal with my own stuff. Right. <laughs> like, exactly. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. So it, keep it going, keep going. But I just wanted, I wanted to really kind of talk on that a little bit just because, you know, a lot of people do have that inside of them and mm-hmm. they do shun away from it. But mm-hmm. you guys, you don't have to shun away from it. You can embrace it but you Mm -hmm. definitely have to learn how to heal through your own stuff. So that way you're not getting triggered. You're not getting, that was definitely happened with me too, where I was getting Mm -hmm. triggered and people would talk about stuff and it, and it would do a lot to me that I didn't understand. And so we have to make sure that we're definitely taking care of ourselves. Just like you were saying, that's awesome. Yeah. And, and honestly, when you think of it, like the very things that we don't like, are the very things that God finds useful. Exactly. And so <laughs> I know. Yeah. <laughs> and we can't even question it anymore. It's just like, no. okay, all right. <laughs> We're just gonna go with it. I just I'm like, wherever you want to lead me, Lord, that's where I'm going today. Like I'm not gonna question it anymore. I'm not gonna yeah. just <laughs> You got the plan. Yours is better than mine all the time. So we're just going to go with that. <laughs> exactly. And so for me, it really being an empath has also taught me about discipline too. Yes. 
um, with that, um, especially, you know, like I said, with boundaries, um, making sure that I'm not overextending myself and, but making sure that when I am speaking up for myself about that, that I'm doing it in such a candid, um, loving way, because, you know, sometimes when people are in the middle of their stuff, they may not be able to actually hear what you're saying. They may, mm-hmm. you know, take it as something offensive. So yes. I'm very disciplined with how I communicate, mm-hmm. um, how I show up as myself to other people. Um, I think that's very important because to me, character is a huge thing. Like mm-hmm. everything that I'm doing out here publicly and, and all of that, it's great, but for me, it's character that stands out the most because I want to make sure that people feel good about themselves when they walk away from having a conversation with me. I want people to feel like they can pursue whatever it is that their heart's desire is after they have a conversation with me. I want people to understand how genuinely loved they are when they walk away from having a conversation with me. And so I feel like the things that God has placed me to do are vehicles to really connect with people and be that messenger of hope that he's always created and wired me to be. And so, um, every opportunity I get, you know, I make sure that I have a conversation with someone. I make sure that Mm -hmm. I check in with people, but it's coming from a sincere place. Um, because a lot of times people, um, only feel that they can experience God in church. But, you know, a lot of us are, are disciples just walking around and we're just being walking around. Yep. That connection to them where we're showing that love and, you know, mm-hmm. really fostering the community that they may be seeking. So I always make sure that I'm intentional on how I move throughout my day. Um, yeah. And Tasha then was not always reflective as how Tasha is now. And I think for me, it's like in order for me to live a life filled with purpose um, and making an impact and being a difference in the world is that I have to make sure that I am intentional for caring for me, loving me. So that way I can be that same thing, that same outlet to everyone else. Oh my goodness. I love that. That's exactly, look, we're going to, we're going to have to meet in person. Um, yes. <laughs> we, have, we could probably do some workshops together, you know, who knows? Yes. But I mean, it's just, and it's, it's amazing too, because yeah, I pray a lot before these shows and I pray, you know, about the guests and stuff like that. And so that's, yeah, he's bringing these people into my life at this time and timing is his timing is always perfect. Right. Mm-hmm. And it, it's just very interesting. Um, but I really just, I appreciate the fact that you're willing to open up about this because I know how hard that can be <laughs> as someone yes. who is, is continually working on doing that. And that's, I think we talked a little bit about that earlier too, where, you know, people don't see the effort that goes mm-hmm. into, you know, they just see us, right? But they don't yeah. see what we have to do, you know, maybe early in the morning or <laughs> before we go out. Right. Like, you know, it's that, it's that effort that we put into ourselves, um, not, not physically, not what we look like, but internally. Yeah. And, and that's what we have to continue to do. Um, but let's talk, let's transition a little bit into, you know, your, cause you're doing a coaching business now, right? And I know you're an author and entrepreneur. Yes. And so let's talk <laughs> a little bit about how, how did you even start that? Oh my goodness. Uh, so <laughs> in five minutes or less, no, I'm just kidding. Okay. Right. So that journey, whew, it was one of those where, um, 
you create your path, you create your plan, and God's like plot twist. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> for me, then there. I always, <laughs> yes. right? I always was like, no, nah, I just want to be a teacher. Like even as a child, I want to be a teacher. I was one creating lesson plans, you know, all of that. I was even in the classroom. I had got my undergraduate degree and my first master's in education. That's what I just knew I was doing. Mm-mm. Yeah. Um, and so for me, but I've always had this longing and this desire to help women, uh, millennial women, like in terms of self-discovery and really right. figuring out who they are and how does that connect with finding your purpose? That was always my thing. Like I would always wonder the why behind people's mm-hmm. decisions. And so um, God was like, yeah, I want you to teach, but not in a traditional not in a classroom. classroom. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. I need you to be able to teach and really come from a place of your personal experience, but then you can kind of use your degrees as a caveat for that. But it's like, it doesn't help if you're, you know, teaching people the fundamentals of counting and, and letters and shapes and all that. That's a great tool. But mm-hmm. if they're moving through life aimlessly with no direction, who's the one that's going to lead them to finding purpose and significance in their life? Exactly. So that's how the coaching came about. You know, yes. that is like, you have the tools already inside of you. You've lived this. This is nothing that you're just pulling from Google. You know, mm-hmm. this is yep. something that you can totally relate to. Yes. And if you show up as your authentic self, you will be able to bring in the people who really need to hear what you have yeah. to say. And so unmasking the inner me is, is the name of the coaching program, because a lot of times we walk around, you know, hiding behind our experiences, hiding behind the titles that people give us hide behind the self-made identities we give ourselves, but really unmasking those things and kind of getting yeah. to the core and to the root really helps us discover that who we were from the beginning was enough. And so I really like that intimacy part of the coaching business where people already come with what they need, mm-hmm. but I'm just kind of reinforcing it. And that's what I yeah. love about it. it yeah. You know, it's nothing I've done. It's kind of like, right. you already had this all along. You already have it in your mind. <laughs> you just need to be, you need to be told that it's okay. That's the thing. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. And I talked to you a little bit about the platform I'm using, but that was why I gravitated toward it. That's why I never left it. So it's been, I've been working okay. with them for two years now, but that was, it was okay for me to be me. It, yeah. it finally gave me a safe place, people I could trust. They're not my family. Um, <laughs> right. That's the thing. It's like we need that. And, and I learned that I could talk about what got me into nutrition coaching because it wasn't the greatest story. I learned mm-hmm. that I could talk about what got me into personal training. Oh, the fact that I had five surgeries before that. Right. Like I learned <laughs> that I could talk about postpartum depression because my mom passed away three months before my daughter was born. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it was just like so much stuff that I learned that I could finally talk about. You know, yeah. and and like you said, God's plan. I, I thought I was gonna be a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> yeah. You can keep trying it. Like literally, I tried everything. Okay. Yes. <laughs> one program didn't work. I tried something else. That didn't work. I went into mm-hmm. something. That one I actually got through. And he said, Nope, I'm gonna pull that one out too. But what the yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's kind of like really, really, yeah. <laughs> But what that taught me was, I tell people this now, what that taught me was, is I might have been part of the problem at that, at that mm-hmm. point, because mm-hmm. what got me into nutrition was helping get my mom off of some of the medications she was on. Had yeah. I gone into traditional healthcare, guess what I would have been doing? 
giving medication. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So his plan, his plan. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, I really don't want to stop talking to you today. <laughs> <laughs> But we are going to continue this. Uh, definitely, I want to stay connected with you. Um, yeah, I look forward to anything that we can collaborate on. And, you know, because I love the fact of what you're doing right now. Um, and is there anything else that you want to share with the audience before we have to wrap this up? Oh, um, one thing. So if there's people who are like, struggling with like when it comes to identity and relationship status Mm -hmm. i know that's a big thing when you come after the whole pandemic situation and i know again personal experience sometimes you just it's okay to be content with where you are what you have and still desire more it's not a bad thing Mm -hmm. um but like my fourth book it really talks about that like with the whole relationship status piece but from more of an educational empowerment standpoint because you know a lot of times we have self-help relationship books no no thank you you know been there done that but this is coming from a place of affirming where you are right now and i think sometimes you know there's always this talk of being single and then marriage but nobody talks about that in between and so this book is a resource for that Mm, (laughs) so you all are not overlooked just want to let you know because i'm there i'm right there where you are now so i get it you're not overlooked at all oh man and that's i love that you shared that um and four books congratulations (laughs) please i got one i'm like oh she got four i gotta catch up I actually started writing for other people too. So other than that, but there you go. That keeps you busy. <laughs> That's a, and that, you know, we talked about a little bit, the people that were around, they saw gifts in me that I didn't see. So it's, sometimes mm-hmm. it's the people that were around. Once we get around the right people, because if we're around yes. the people that we used to allow in our lives, those things are never mm-hmm. going to come out. Right. But when we get around the right people, they see gifts in you that I've been a writer since I was 15. I never see. thought anything of it, you know, yeah. whatever. Yeah. And mm-hmm. yeah. So it, it's amazing what happens when we learn to just let go of our plans yeah. and our strategies and our systems and <laughs> and we just allow allow God to take over. And and I'm sure you can attest to this. It's not always going to make sense, you guys. It's not at all. It's not. <laughs> it but makes I'm you sure. All the time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but then we have to be careful because if we start overanalyze, I'm a habitual overanalyzer also. Yeah. So I have to be very careful with that, you know, where it's mm-hmm. like, okay, I'm not going to try to figure this out today. <laughs> like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're just going to let it go. <laughs> you, okay. <laughs> so yeah. that's another thing where it's like, we just have to be careful with that. But you guys, if you're out there and you have that calling inside of you, and honestly, I think everybody that I talk to and probably that you talk to, Tasha, you all have a calling. We all have mm-hmm. this calling yeah. It's just whether or not we're willing to accept it. Mm-hmm. And it's scary. And it's going to be, you know, it's going to be hard. Like, you know, we can't, <laughs> we're not going to sugarcoat it. It's going to be difficult. But find your tribe. Yeah. Find your tribe. Find the people who are really going to support you through thick and thin, where you can go off on them and they'll still love you back. You know, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. find yes. those people. I literally just posted about that earlier today where I was just like, your true friends are the ones that never leave your side. Absolutely. Thick and thin, good and bad, ugly, whatever, indifferent. Mm-hmm. 
you know, and maybe you don't talk to each other for a couple of days, but you come back together and you're like, ah, you hug it out and we're good, you know. Those exactly. are the people. Mm, I can't say enough about that because when I finally got those types of people in my life, it was a game changer. Absolutely. Yeah. It was a game changer. Yeah. So find your tribe. Don't don't keep fighting it. <laughs> don't <laughs> if you <laughs> if you have that inside of you and you know it's it's gonna get to a point where you just you can't operate anymore without it's just gonna you're gonna have to do it anyway. So why yeah. not just start doing it now? You know, <laughs> right? Why are you be miserable? And who wants to be miserable? You know, and that I mean I've definitely been there. You've probably been there, and you know I know I'm stubborn. Yes. I don't know about you, but it took me a very long much time. so. Very <laughs> much so. <laughs> I'm not ready for this. <laughs> like Exactly. And, and then it was one of the, are you sure me? No, no. You know what I mean? <laughs> imposter syndrome. Did you have yes. imposter yes. syndrome? Oh my oh gosh. My gosh. That, that could be a whole nother podcast. Guys. We won't even go into that today. <laughs> Tasha, thank you so much for being here. I really do appreciate you coming on, sharing your story and, and just for who you are. Like, I wish I could just come through and hug you. <laughs> if you just live next door, we can. You're not that far, though. You're on the East Coast. We're okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm at the top of Florida. <laughs> yeah, we're going like, to get just catch a flight. And... <laughs> Maybe we can meet in the middle at some point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For sure. Oh, man. <laughs> All right, you guys. So this has been another amazing episode of Breaking Barriers Now. You guys go link up with Tasha. You can just tell she is just an amazing soul. She's got four books, you guys. So go support her. I mean, I'm all about an author supporting an author. So I'm going to definitely check those out too. Um, and, and just keep, keep being the light for other people. And thank you for doing that. Thank you so much. And uh, thank you just for the opportunity. This is amazing. Um, I always told God the moment you give me the green light to share my story, I'm always going to tell it. So thank you so much. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Once again, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Breaking Barriers Now. You guys go subscribe to the YouTube channel, Jody Watkins Inspires. Go follow the podcast, Breaking Barriers Now. Make sure you subscribe so that way you get all the updates. And I just can't wait to link up with you a lot more in the future. So more to come, you guys. Stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs>